Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Coach Time with John Lyons. That's me, your host, John Lyons. And I'm really excited for today's episode because we've got a lot to get to. And I'm going to start with the NBA. I'm going to get to the NFL, maybe even a little bit of NHL talk towards the end of the show. And to kick things off here, NBA. We're coming out of the All-Star break tonight on Thursday. We start the second half of the NBA season for most teams. And we have a really tight race at the top of the Eastern Conference. So the Boston Celtics, they've been the number one team in the NBA all year. They're 42 and 17. They're only a half game up on the Bucks at 41 and 17. Philadelphia and Cleveland, they're three games and five games back, respectively. Brooklyn's obviously going to start to fall a little bit now that Kyrie and Durant are gone. The Knicks are kind of hanging out there at nine and a half games back and six. Not really a challenge for the Celtics or Bucks, maybe somewhat of a challenge to get to that four spot. But that top four, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and Cleveland, to me, those are the real teams that can come out of the East. And of those teams, I think it's Boston and I think Milwaukee are a cut above. Because Philadelphia, look, Joel Embiid, MVP candidate, love you. Tyrese Maxey, exciting young player. Don't think they have enough horses. Cleveland, they've come a long way. Donovan Mitchell has been awesome this year. They've beaten the Celtics twice. I don't know if in a playoff series they can they have what it takes. So to me, when we're looking at the Eastern Conference, we're looking at Boston and we're looking at Milwaukee, unless there are injuries. And we do have our first real significant injury of these two teams. And that's Giannis Antetokounmpo, who has a right wrist sprain. He will be out for an undetermined amount of time. It'll kind of depend on how much the pain affects him. And I know Jalen Brown has missed 11 games for the Celtics, but while he's been out, they have him in massive injuries. That facial fracture will heal. He'll be able to play with a mask. And they still have Tatum. They've had Smart in and out of the lineup, Robert Williams, Horford. So they've had a lot of their pieces, maybe not all together at the same time, but they've had a lot of their pieces available for most of the year. Milwaukee, that's a team that, to me, is much more dependent on its number one star than the Celtics are. Like If Tatum had to miss a couple of weeks, I think the Celtics could stay afloat. And, and we've seen that over the last couple of years that obviously they're not as good with him, but they can stay afloat if Jalen Brown's healthy, if Smart's healthy, if Tatum's out of the lineup. I think the Bucs without Giannis is a little bit of a different story. And part of that's because he's the best player in the world. But part of it is just the way their team is constructed. Chris Middleton is a great player. I'm a huge Drew Holiday fan. I think Brooke Lopez is a really valuable piece, especially in the playoffs. I just don't think they're built to keep pace with the Celtics if he has to miss more than a week or so. So if he's out two or three weeks, we could be looking at the Celtics with a three-game lead or so by the time Giannis comes back. And in a race this tight, that three-game lead can make a huge difference. We could see the Celtics go from a team that's just barely in first to now they are have a three-game lead, maybe even a four-game lead if Giannis has to miss a couple weeks. And I think that is not just important for the fact that, okay, they would have the number one seed and they would be able to have a game seven at home if they played Milwaukee or anyone else in a conference finals. I think it's especially important because the Boston Celtics need to be able to rest Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown during the stretch. And when you look at the NBA finals last year, there's a lot of reasons the Celtics lost. I think the number one reason was they had trouble scoring in the last five minutes of the game. And I think adding Malcolm Brogdon is going to solve that to a large degree because it's another option. The offense is going to be a lot more open, but another to me, the number two reason they lost is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were out of gas. And that played into having trouble scoring in the last five minutes of the game. But we also saw Jalen Brown had a lot of trouble with turnovers. He hit, played great overall offensively, scored a bunch in the finals, but he had some key turnovers. We saw Tatum with 13 assists in game one of the finals, 
other than that, he really wasn't a factor. So the Celtics need to find a way for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to have adequate rest. And I would say not just adequate extra rest down the stretch of the season, because as they get to the playoffs, yeah, it's great to have a game seven at home. I would rather them have a game seven on the road with those two guys fully healthy and fully rested. And it's tough for the Celtics because I know they want to go for that one seed. Tatum loves to play. Brown loves to play. They log a lot of minutes, but I think Joe Missoula, he got the interim tag taken off him. He needs to be able to step in and say, okay, if it means we get the two seed, but you guys are all healthy and you guys are all rested, then I'm going to sit Robert Williams tonight. I'm going to sit Tatum tonight. I'm going to sit Brown. And I'm not saying they have to do it all the time. Point. Jason Tatum has played 55 of the Celtics 59 games. So he's missed four, but he's averaging 37.3 minutes per game. That's the number two mark in the NBA. He's averaging the second most minutes per game in the NBA. Jalen Brown. He's at 18th with 35 and a half minutes a game with 35.6. And I know he's only played 48 games, so he's missed the 11. But just for your point of reference, so Tatum is second in the NBA minutes per game. Brown is 18th. Giannis is 50th. Nikola Jokic is 43rd. And Jimmy Butler is 41st. All guys that they could conceivably have to go through to win an NBA championship. And I know with Jokic, there's, you will see if the Suns come out of the West. But these are all guys that Tatum and Brown could see, which is why, again, I think it's so important down the stretch that the Celtics find a way to rest Tatum and Brown. And I'm not saying to sit them down every game or only have them play 15 minutes a game, but don't have them play back-to-backs or limit their minutes on back-to-backs because I would much rather the Boston Celtics have a fully healthy and rested team as the two seed than beat out the Bucks, get the number one seed, but have guys who are exhausted, much like Tatum and Brown were in the NBA Finals last year, which, like I said before, it's a major reason why they lost the finals. And that's where Giannis's injury helps. Maybe they can do that and still get the one seed because if he's out for a couple of weeks and they can pick up a couple of games on the Bucs or three games on the Bucs, then you can rest guys and you can also still have that number one seed. So I think that's really important for the second half of the NBA season. That's the biggest thing I'm watching. The next biggest thing, and I'm it's probably the biggest thing for anybody that lives west of the Mississippi, Kevin Durant. And now he's on the Phoenix Suns. This is a player that he's won two championships. He's an MVP of the NBA. He's arguably the best scorer in the history of the NBA, and he's not even retired yet. And I know LeBron just broke the scoring record. I'm saying just as a pure scorer, can get his shot, can score, Kevin Durant may end up breaking that record. He may go down as number one. But even if he doesn't, I think we'll all look back on his career as he's one of, if not the best, just pure scorers the NBA has ever seen. So you add him to a mix that includes Devin Booker, includes Chris Paul, includes DeAndre Ayton. And I think what's really important about this is, look, Durant is the best player in the Western Conference now. Okay, He comes in, he's the best player in the West. But it also allows Devin Booker to now be arguably the best number two option in the West. And I know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that's a great one too with the Clippers, Anthony Davis and LeBron, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Those are all great one-two combos. Devin Booker's on that level. Now, is he maybe as good as Anthony Davis? Now, you could argue maybe not Paul George, but I think he's at least in that conversation. So you have the best one of anybody in the West. No disrespect to LeBron or Jokic, but right now Durant healthy is probably the best number one option. Booker is close to maybe the best second option. Maybe he's in that top three or four. And now DeAndre Ayton's your third option. Chris Paul, I know he's going to touch the ball a lot as a point guard. I look at him as your fourth option on the offense like if you're going to run the offense to anyone he's probably the fourth and if that's your fourth option 
I think that's awesome. And you look at the Suns, I've felt most of the season, or pretty much all the season up until now, that the Nuggets are the team that's going to go to the NBA Finals because Jokic's an MVP candidate. Jamal Murray's fully healthy. They have a great roster. I think they were primed for a run to the NBA Finals, and I still like them to get to the Western Conference Finals. I'm starting to lean Phoenix here, and I, I want to see Durant play with this group, but I think that's similar to the Celtics. If they stay healthy, I think they can be able to go to the NBA Finals. I think the only thing really standing in their way is health or if they get to a series against the Nuggets and let's say Jamal Murray goes off because we know Jokic is going to be great. He's going to get his. But if Jamal Murray becomes a top three player in that series where maybe Durant's one, Jokic is two, and Murray's three, or even if Jokic outplays Durant and he's one and Murray's three, then I could see Denver beating the Suns. Other than that, I just I look at the third option and the fourth option because, yeah, Devin Booker's better than Jamal Murray, but Jamal Murray is a great second option. But when you get to DeAndre Ayton at three, Chris Paul at four, you have Monty Williams as your head coach, one of the best head coaches in the NBA. I think you put all that together, that's where you're going to get the NBA Finals run from the Suns. So that, it's a big change for me. I, I felt Denver was the team all year, and I still want to see Phoenix play together. But I think you just look at the talent there, and it's not just – talent thrown together like Durant did in Brooklyn. This is a Phoenix Suns team that two years ago went to the NBA Finals. And arguably the three most important players on that team, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, they're still there. And you added Kevin Durant. So I think this is not just a thrown together talent team. This is a Phoenix Suns team that went to the finals two years ago. They added a multi-time champion and an MVP player to that mix of guys that went to the NBA Finals which is why I think right now you can't look at them any other way than say they're the favorite as long as they stay healthy. Well, that was some great NBA talk, but I do have some NFL talk I want to get to. We're just going to hear a quick word from our sponsors, and then I'll be right back with it. Back here on Coach Time with John Lyons. Thank you to our sponsors for that quick word. I am John Lyons, your host, and spent the first part of the program talking about the NBA and how the Celtics need to manage the minutes of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, how Giannis's injury will affect the race in the Eastern Conference, and how Phoenix, with Kevin Durant coming out of the All-Star break, is the biggest story west of the Mississippi, at least, and maybe across the whole NBA, and why they can be NBA, at least finals favorites to get there, and we'll see how they match up against Milwaukee or Boston once they do. Right now, I want to switch gears. I want to talk about the NFL. And normally when I talk about the NFL, and you can probably tell from the pictures behind me if you're watching this uh, on YouTube or on Twitter, I usually talk about the Patriots when I talk about NFL. But I want to talk about another AFC's team, and that's the New York Jets. They had Derek Carr visit this week. They told Derek Carr, you could be a Hall of Famer if you come here, which I'm not going down that road. I don't think he could be. But the Jets really feel that they are a quarterback away. And they have been linked to Derek Carr. Obviously, they visited, had him visit. They've been linked to Aaron Rodgers. I think they should make a move for Lamar Jackson. But not often is a team truly just a quarterback away. And I think the New York Jets really are a quarterback away from at minimum being a playoff team, but maybe even being a team that can get to the AFC Championship game. I mean, you look at last year, if you follow the ESPN total QBR stat, they ranked 29th. As a team in total QBR, Zach Wilson was a disaster at quarterback last year. Mike White showed some flashes, but still, I don't know if he's really the long-term answer. I think Derek Carr might be an upgrade over, definitely an upgrade over Zach Wilson. He's probably a little bit of an upgrade 
over Mike White as well. Aaron Rodgers would be a huge upgrade. I'd go for Lamar Jackson if I were them, and I'd go for Lamar Jackson for two reasons. Reason number one is they can afford it. I mean, they have enough young players on rookie deals, including Sauce Gardner, the defensive rookie of the year, that they can maneuver the cap and they can find a way to fit Lamar Jackson's contract. Now, look, Lamar Jackson is going to demand a lot of money. That Deshaun Watson deal, I think he's going to get more than that this offseason, and deservedly so. He's an MVP. He doesn't have you know the off-the-field baggage. But the Jets right now, they're right up against the cap, according to overthecap.com. They're basically right at the cap, but they can create – a lot of cap space. If they restructure CJ Mosley, Lake and Tomlinson, like there's areas that they can create a lot of cap space. Now, Makai Becton, even depending on what they want to do with him. I know he's been inconsistent for them. Corey Davis, they could find a way to restructure because they, they have a handful of guys. Carl Lawson's another with a really high cap number. I think they can find a way to get themselves enough cap space to bring him on financially. And then projecting into the future because they have a lot of good young players keep that cap space available. And plus he's Lamar Jackson, like find a way to sign him. But also because they've drafted so well and they have such a good young core, I think they can afford to part with a couple first round picks if that's what it would take. And I'm usually not a proponent of trading multiple first round picks for anybody. I think generally it doesn't work out and they're so valuable to a franchise, especially in with the CBA now that you have the fifth year option. But Lamar Jackson's unique. This is a young MVP player who changes your franchise. And I really think they're a quarterback away. I think they can survive giving up two first-round picks for, for Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't advocate every team do that. The Jets are one because I think the Jets truly are a quarterback away. You look at a team that got some of the worst quarterback play in the NFL last year, and they barely missed the play. They were in the playoffs down the stretch of the season, and they faltered late. But if you put a Lamar Jackson or an Aaron Rodgers – with Garrett Wilson, with Brees Hall, with that offensive line, I feel like it continues to get better every year. They have Elijah Vera Tucker, they have Lakin Tomlinson. Like that's that's a legit, legit offense. And I think their defense is already legit. So you put that together, I think you have yourself not just a good team. I think you have yourself a team that at least can get to the divisional round, maybe get to the conference championship, and who knows from there. But if I'm the Jets, I go all in for either, preferably Lamar Jackson. I'd probably do the same for Aaron Rodgers. And that's not a, a huge knock on Derek Carr. I don't think he's as good as those guys. I don't think anybody does. But if they walk away with Derek Carr as their consolation prize, they're still a lot better than a year ago. I mean, I'm not a huge Derek Carr believer. He's a heck of a lot better than Zach Wilson and Mike White. So if they walk away with Derek Carr, that's a massive win for the Jets. And again, that gets them to probably the divisional round. I know the AFC's loaded. But this is a Jets team that beat the Bills last year, competed in tight games with the Patriots, probably should have won at least one of those. They were in tight games against a lot of good teams in the AFC. A couple of years ago in 2021, when they were really young, they beat the Bengals when the Bengals went on to go to the Super Bowl. Like This is a core that has a lot of talent. And I think Robert Sala is a legit head coach. I think they can be a legit force in the AFC if they can just get a quarterback. So that caught my eye, Derek Carr visiting the New York Jets, because I really do think – if that's their consolation prize and they get the get him out of that, then again, that's a team that is definitely a playoff team to me, which makes the AFCs fascinating because 
the Patriots, if they had a competent offensive coordinator last year, they would have been a playoff team. Well, now they have one in Bill O'Brien. We know how good the Bills are. Miami, I know they faltered down the stretch. They made the playoffs, almost beat Buffalo. But if they can be a little bit more consistent, which I think with Vic Bangio, a defensive coordinator, they will be at least on defense. And we all know all the injuries they had at quarterback. That could be a playoff team. So there's going to be a good team in the AFC East that doesn't make the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be like the AFC West last year where the Raiders blew a bunch of leads and ended up having a losing season and the Broncos had a really bad season and Russell Wilson looked like a shell of himself. I think what's going to happen in the AFC East, if the Jets figure out quarterback, is you're going to have four playoff caliber teams, but just with the law of averages in the AFC, only one of them, you know, not technically all four can make it, but I feel like one of them is just going to get left out because you're going to have Cincinnati making it in the AFC North. And if Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore, they very well could be a playoff team. Same thing with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. I think the AFC South blows, but you still get a team out of there. And then the AFC West, look, the Broncos are going to be better with Sean Payton. You think the Raiders, I don't know what's going to be the deal with quarterback there. If they can figure that out, they'll be better. The Chargers were a playoff team. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. So I think there's going to be a team in the AFC East that's a good team, playoff caliber, that doesn't make it because the AFC is so loaded. And that brings me back to if the Jets can figure out quarterback, preferably with Rodgers or Jackson, but even Derek Carr, I think they could be one of the teams that gets into the playoffs from the AFC East. Last thing I want to talk about here, this is a quick little thing, but I've been kind of thinking about it for a while now. The Boston Bruins, far and away the best team in the NHL. David Pasternak earlier this week scored his 40th and 41st goals of the season. He looks like an MVP candidate. And there's times where Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron even outplay him uh, on the Bruins roster. Charlie McAvoy outplays him. He still looks like an MVP candidate. They have the best goaltending tandem with Linus Ulmark being the front runner for the Vesna. And they have a unique opportunity. They could go for the points record. I don't want them to. Much like my Celtics taker, and I love the Bruins. I root for them to win every night. And if they end up getting the points record by just kind of playing their normal game and still resting guys, I'm going to love it. But I don't want them really going for it and taxing guys. Bergeron in his late 30s, Krejci, late 30s, Marshan, mid-30s. Like These guys are older now. They need more rest. That's the core. If the Bruins are going to win a Stanley Cup, they're going to need Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marshan, David Pasternak, and David Krejci all to play well. And three of those four guys are in their mid-30s or older. So they need more rest down the stretch. I don't want the Bruins to go all out for this record. Now, if they happen to get it, fine. But I don't want them to go all out for it. I think that would be a massive mistake. It'd be something that would be fun for a few days, maybe a week. And then if they're banged up in the second round of the playoffs or they lose in the conference final, we're not going to remember that they got the points record. We're going to remember that they lost in the playoffs. So this is a team that I think is the best team in the NHL. I know they've been linked to Jacob Chikrin. They've been linked to Gavrikov on the trade market. If they do that, I think it would even enhance that they are the best team. They are the best team in the NHL. It would make them even better. But I think they need to now look at we managing minutes. And if that means Bergeron or Krejci or Marchand miss a game here and there or log less ice time, here and there and Jake DeBrusque even he's just coming off an injury I think the Bruins look this is a team that can win the cup best team in the NHL but the clock is ticking on this core Bergeron Marshan and Krejci this might be their last best chance to win a cup and and we so we thought that in 2019 and they didn't win the cup we know how disappointing that was we thought that might be the end then they've now here they are again but this time 
they need to go into the Stanley Cup final, the conference final, the playoffs in general, as healthy as possible. Because as we know in hockey, health makes a huge difference when it comes to May and June. So I think the Bruins, the points record would be fun. I don't want them to make a real effort to go for it. If they happen to get it, just play in their game and resting guys, fine. I do not want them to go for it. Well, that does it for another edition of Coach Time. I'm John Lyons. It's always a pleasure coming to you every week. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at the Real John Lyons. Send me any questions or topics you'd like me to answer in this show. I'm always happy to answer and get input from fans. So till next time, which will only be another week away. I'm John Lyons. This is Coach Time on the Believe Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you soon.